0: Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of Rabbi Adam Klickfeld's weekly Rashi study class.
1: Hello to anyone who might be listening to this during the, at, the, at their own time on the Temple Beth Am podcast. Uh, moving right along, uh, seventh, uh, we're deep into the seventh Aliyah. Not deep. We're in the seventh Aliyah of the era. Uh, And we should be starting to think about, you know, maybe a seum, I don't know, around Pesach time, a little bit after. There are not that many verses left. And whenever we finish a Parsha, we have a a celebration and we get to read Torah on the Parsha's and we have some food and nash. We should start thinking about that. But right now, um, where I left off is that we were almost through all of the examples that Rashi was giving in verse 18 for um, uh, forms of roots that begin with Yud, where the Yud drops out and we get to Avav. Is it just me or is it not as bright in this room as it usually is? Oh. It's not
2: That's
1: as true? bright as <laughs> it usually is. Cool. Okay. Um, so if you remind yourselves, the verse 18 was, look at Tovelin, mamtir ka'et machar, behold, I'm going to bring down, rain down the, that he feel works both in um, Hebrew and in English as both referring literally to rain and to bringing down from above. Kait Mahar at this time tomorrow. We discussed that 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 there seems to be like a, a the word this missing in the Hebrew. Barad hail. Kaved maod very heavy. Asher lo hayach hamohu such that there was never like this in Egypt. L'min hayom hivazda. From the day it was uh, established, it, or the day of its establishing, its founding, Ba'at Atta, until now. Um, and Rashi was pointing out that the word he um, vazda you might be wondering, like, what's the root of it? Is it Vasad, v- Vav Salmachtalad? No, it's Yasad, uh, having to do with a foundation. And he brought, he's bringing us several different... Um, places where that happens elsewhere in the Tanakh. And we got to the last two. So the last two are from Esther and from Michelet. Um, so I want to bring them up on the, on the screen so you can just see them in context. Okay. Uh, and now, uh, Elon, do your thing again. If you can get rid of the, get rid of the people, yeah. get rid of those people. Um, okay. Uh, this is timely um we're coming up second chapter of esther look at verse 22 by amim HaHaim, on those days mordechai was sitting by the gates of the king katsaf bigdan Bigdan Vateresh down the terror two of the eunuchs they kind of got up um uh from those who kind of protected the door they it's, it's such an interesting use of the word Vayibakshu. We, we normally translate it as, as to request, but it means to seek. And here it means to intend. They intended to extend their hand, meaning in violence, to kill or to injure Vayibakshu. The matter was known to Mordechai. The root of Yivada is not Vada, but Yada. The first yud, the only yud of that word, is the yud that's part of the form of the verb. So you might think, ah, so it must be the last three letters of the roots. No, it's yada, but the yud turns into a vav in that form. That's how Mordechai becomes known in the palace. And then the next one, just reading the Rashi, because all he's doing is quoting the verses um, from um, Mishle 29.19. Oops, did I not pull that one up? Right, let me just do it here. Sorry. I thought I had that one up. So, I've never
0: seen Mordechai transliterated the way. How was
1: it transliterated? It's
0: spelled like with a uh, M-O-R-D-E-C-H-A-Y.
1: Huh. Mordechai. Um, what did I say? It was Proverbs. What's the citation? 29.19. I thought I had it up. Sorry about that. Okay. Okay. Um, um, by the way Mishle is another book that I'd love to do a class on like we dip into it but there, it, it it's it's amazing how much life wisdom uh, is packed into each verse of Mishle and I've never taught a class systematically on it so that's another thing to do in the next life but Dvarim Lo Yivaser Eved Aved it would be Eved but it's Ananet Nachta so a servant will not be Yasard will not be um, kind of Sent backwards, corrected, redirected, badvarim, just with words, kiavin ve'ain ma'ane, even though he's going to listen, he's not going to answer. This kind of sounds like parenting as well, right? Um, the root of yi vaser is not vasar, it's yasar, to be kind of sent backwards, to be. Um, to be, to be removed, to be corrected. And it's the same form. So Rashi, these are the last two of maybe five or six situations where Rashi has said, if you've got a verb like Yasod or Yalad or Yada or Yasar in certain forms, the Yid's, yid's going to go away, above's going to replace it. This happens in certain roots, just like what's another letter that if it begins a root, something changes in the form none None. right no fail becomes yipol nasa becomes yisa adonai panavalecha. why that's for PhDs in ancient semitic languages the actual why <laughs> but it does happen and it's
3: interesting to note the
1: pattern uh, Rick your hand was up and down did someone answer your, your question
3: um, I was going to ask you about the trope here um, have you Is it ever been do we ever sing proverbs with the there's a double set of trope there so when you said Et Nachta, I looked at it and I, I reminded myself, there's another set there that I don't I don't know much about Proverbs at all. So the, do we the, sing it with trope?
1: No. And not only do you not sing it with trope, all the books of the Bible have trope in them. It's not only the case that we don't have a tradition of singing Proverbs or a tradition of singing Tehillim. It's also the case that the arrangement of trops. Forget about what they're supposed to sound like. They don't look like they go together. If you try to even like sound out Trump in the, on a verse from Tehillim or Proverbs with any of the Trump systems that you know, they're not in order. So um, again, I'm sure someone has a theory as to what, why there's Trump on those words and what does it mean, but it doesn't even follow the patterns that yeah, we're it's used to. four books.
4: It's
1: three books. For, yeah, me, Wait,
5: me. Later, later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, the twenty-one of uh, the twenty-four books, twenty-one of them have the same system of trope, and three of them are different. The three are Michelet, Tihelim, and and
1: uh, So this is a TIL today. I learned day. So the the the, the theories that those three follow mm-hmm. the same internally coherent trope system, but they're mm-hmm. just different than the other twenty-one. Yes, yeah. That's interesting. Good. I, I never knew that. That's really interesting to know.
6: What about yeah. Daniel?
1: Yeah. Does Daniel? Everyone in the room has to speak on a microphone.
5: Daniel agrees.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The question was, "What about Daniel?" Uh, I don't know. We have to look at that. Um, Okay. So, um, thanks. That's any any last questions on verse eighteen? Okay. All right. Let's go to verse uh, nineteen. Stevie, you want to read? Who gets the microphone? Vata
6: Shalaha is as making a call a sherlaha vasada, call Hadam Vahabema, Acher Yimatse Vasada, below Yasafe Habaita, the Yarad Aleham Habarad Vamezu.
1: Okay, as you're translating, this is a great verse to show the many different ways that the word Va, that the letter Vav can be used in the same verse with entirely different syntactical impact. Okay? All
6: right. And now, uh, oh, send the... Uh,
1: um, the ha'e's word is hard. Schlach makes sense. Send. Yeah. m'knecha is a direct object. Send what? Send your flock. Right. But you can kind of put a's in, in the bands we'll come back to it but okay. Not, okay
6: uh your flock and uh everything that is yours uh in the field uh all the people and the animals um, that are found in the field and uh do not uh, add or
1: the, the best way to render Valoya a safe is is and one who d- will not the and and the one who will not have his stuff be or the one that is not brought up into the house. Uh, and and, right,
6: and those not yeah uh, brought into the house um, will uh, I'll rain down on them the of uh, hail and they will die
1: good okay to remind you moses isn't actually saying this to pharaoh yet this is god still we've been doing this for like weeks still telling moses what he wants to say to pharaoh it's a very long introduction okay so we know the basic information hail is coming i'm warning you if you care about your flock gather them in and anything that is not gathered in hail is going to fall on them and die okay haes is a real is a, is a weird word For someone who hasn't yet looked at the translation, anyone want to give me a sense of either the vocab, like that it's from, and/or the form of speech it is? Isn't it it a goat? Okay, so a's looks it it can be goat, which is confusing because it could make sense here because we're talking about your flock, so it 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 could be written, although I don't think is what it means. Now send the goat and your flock. And everything in the field, et cetera. So it, it, it's tempting to read it that way because that's one of the things that A's means. Probably not what it means here. Anyone else?
7: What's imperative
1: for? It seems imperative of a he feel, right? It seems like a, a do this in a verb that is in the he feel that's in a causative. Look at the uh, uncleus for a second. And for the 100th time, the fact that uncleus translates it this way doesn't mean he's right. But is giving you a sense of what it may have meant to the common reader back then. Ucha'an now shlach that's shlach knosh. What does knosh mean? <laughs> to, enter. to enter in, to gather in. Knosh et bitircha. So Unculus is reading ha'ez as a verb. That that the shlach is is like not the actual verb of the action. It's now now go do this. What am I going to ask you to do? Gather in all of your flock. Uh, everything you have in the field. Both people and animals. That are found in the field. Um, you know the word is agriculture. So same root. Uh, so look what Uncle S does. He takes the verb in the first part of the verse. Right. And he um, takes the verb... Uh, in the second half of the verse, clearly means to be gathered in, because that's what an asefah is. And he translates them, uncle, with the same Aramaic word, meaning it's the same thing. Anything that is not gathered in, uh, then hail is going to fall on his head and die. So if we read that back into the Hebrew, now, shalach, kind of gather yourself, um, gather in your flock, and everything that belongs to you into the field, uh, both human beings and animals that are in the field. Uh, if anything remains in the field or uh, is not brought into the house, hail will fall on them and die. Okay. So that's how uncle A's. reads. Uh, I saw um, Rick's hand and down. I saw Renee's hand and down.
3: I was going to ask you to look at uncle.
1: So thanks. Ah, you're welcome. And Renee.
6: I'm a little perplexed by, um, Everett Fox, because it's he says send, and then he has the word word in parentheses. Give refuge to your livestock and all that is yours in your in the field. Right. Refuge is refuge. Yeah. All so, men and uh, beasts uh, who are found in the field who have not been gathered in the house, the hail will come down and they'll die.
1: Yeah. So this is a tr- this is a verse that's hard to translate because it's not a hundred percent clear what to do with ha. So. Um, on the screen, I'll show you, um, is this one? Yeah, this is Everett Fox. So now, that's it, huh? right. the etah. Right. The reason he puts the word in there is because he's trying to make sense of, the reason why he puts the word word in there is because he's trying to make sense of what the word schlach is doing in the verse. Because the ha'ez is the action verb as to what Pharaoh is being told to do. Go gather. So the, what's the schlach? So he says, send, send word, meaning go dispatch the message. Send word, that's the schlach. Give refuge, that's the ha'ez, to your livestock and to all that is yours in the field. So he's basically agreeing with yeah. uncleus. But you'll see that not everyone um, agrees with that. So look how uh, JPS translates it. Therefore, order your livestock and everything you have in the open. JPS kind of elides it because he turns the word shlach ha'ez into one command. Order your livestock in. It's not clear how JPS is specifically translating ha'ez. Well, under shelter. No,
4: you, yeah, it continues on with... The,
6: yeah, they just put it out
4: of order. You just change the order. Safaria does the same way as what you just
1: read. Safaria is JPS. Like, oh. A Corrin... Send therefore now and gather thy like cattle. So it's very similar. Uh, Mitsuda now send word. So Matsuda is the same thing as Everett Fox and gather shelter your livestock and all that you have in the field. Uh, I've got Larry, Silverman here.
3: One, one Can second. I give you Silverman?
1: Rick, please one, re- re- okay. one second. Um, um, Larry, are you there and do you want to share um RA Kaplan's translation? And or
2: yeah. Um, first, I got alter altar first, if you don't mind. Yeah. You... alter is look, I'm about to ra- I'm sorry.
1: Um... You're sorry, but you should be sorry because we can't hear a word you're saying. We're just distracted by the beautiful face underneath your face. <laughs> you, you can't hear me? We're just distracted by the beautiful <laughs> cherub <laughs> that is connected to your bosom. Is he?
2: Well that's that that, this is easy. We'll we'll see if it we'll see if it takes in thirteen years or so. (laughs) (laughs) Um and now send and now comma send, comma, gather in your livestock and everything you have in the field. Should I continue the second half?
1: That's alter.
2: Yeah. But that's gather
1: gathering. Okay, yeah.
2: And R.A. Kaplan says, find it for me. Now send word and make arrangements <laughs> to shelter your livestock and everything else you have in the field.
1: he's reading. It's so sweet. Like you put that book in front of and they're just like, hmm, I don't know. I, I wasn't expecting R.A. Kaplan to say that. <laughs> um, OK, good. Yes. Now, uh, Rick, share with us Silberman, is Silverman?
3: Yeah, it's totally different. Um, uh, Servants, send therefore now and use thy power over thy cattle. So they're, they're they he they're taking a's as a strength, like a's o's, as like o's. power. Correct, right? O's,
1: exactly right. This is not an easy verb to trans word phrase to translate, which is why Rashi's Rashi is interesting because Rashi is going to weigh in on which root to use okay uncle it says kinate bring in and silverman's and silverman who usually trans- translates translates alp rashi says no it's from the root o's which you can also imagine like you use your as to take in all the livestock from the field okay so Rick are we gonna say something else oh no okay let's read the rashi um oh yes elan
8: oh, you were first to the microphone today <laughs> Uh, this is not on the translation. It's just uh, one thing that strikes me about this, um, this verse in juxtaposition to verse 16 is uh, in 16, where you have the notion of God as kind of vengeful mafia Don. Here you actually have God as the merciful God that, that we, it's easy to love and respect, right? God's saying, Hey guys, heads up. There's going to be a massive hail, and you should bring uh, all your uh, people and all your livestock inside so that they get, don't get harmed. It's still going to happen. It's kind of like the Israelis mm-hmm. going into Gaza and saying, Hey, we're coming in heads up you know, do the right thing to protect yourselves, right? So I really like, it makes me feel better as compared to, to 16.
1: I'm so glad you mentioned that because that's, it's almost like not mentioning it. And what I've forgotten to is ikar the main point of the verse we're not discussing. This is the first time where God is not only saying a plague is coming, but telegraphing how to mitigate the impacts of the plague, right? As if to say, I'm not sending you hail to kill your livestock. I'm sending you hail to annoy you and to pressure you, but... You know, save save your livestock. I don't. I don't want your cattle to die. I don't even want your people to die. I'm so glad you mentioned that, uh, Larry. And then we'll go to uh, the Rashi with Stevie.
2: I wanted to make exactly that point, that it was the first time that God basically has said to be said said to Moses to tell the Egyptians, Pharaoh, the Egyptians, how to avoid get, being harmed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Good. Um, okay, let's read the Rashi. And the first thing Rashi is going to say, is you'll see, we already discussed.
6: Shlach uh, Ha'ez, katargumo shlach kenosh. Okay, so
1: so like you, the translation, send gather. Right, uh, it, it, you know, reader, if you're wondering what the root of haes is, he says uncle has got it. It means to collect, to bring in. And now he's going to you, you. You already know Rashi's method. Now what? What, what Rashi going to do? Bring you other places in Tanakh where that root, right? means to bring in. So this is gonna be me sharing the screen again. So um chain Ha
6: Gabim Ha Izu.
1: Okay. So Isaiah. Isaiah chapter ten verse thirty one. So this is a series of prophecies about uh, inhabitants of the northern kingdom who are going to be uh, deci- decimated by the Assyrians, uh, right when the northern kingdom essentially disappeared. And it's very kind of terse language. Nadada Madmena, I don't know where Madmena was in the northern kingdom, but but they're gonna wander like they're going to be removed. Yoshve, Hagevim, the people who live in the place called Hagevim. Hey, izu doesn't mean in the context that they're going to strengthen themselves. I mean they're going to get the hell out of the way when Sanheriv comes down to uh, to come c- conquer the northern kingdom. So hey, izu here, which you could you could read from the root o's. Rashi says no, it means flee. Same thing or flee meaning gather yourselves to get out of the of danger. Leonard, so what's
5: the root there?
1: Ah, what's the root? Okay, so look at the screen. O's. Uh, OK, so if you look at the screen, um, BDB, it means to take or seek refuge. Uh, I don't know any Arabic, but apparently it's it's similar to Waada that the Dalit and the Zion are interchangeable to take ref- refuge, seek protection. Um And we know this Adonai Uzi, Uma Uzi, right? That's the opening lines of. Uh, parsh, uh, haftarab either balodcha or I do God is my O's, my strength, umauzi, my refuge. Those are different ideas. Are they early, early, early related to each other? Possibly, but they're understood biblically mean two meanings a source of strength and the place where I'm protected. I think it's, it's balodcha, but it might be bruchukotai. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's the root. Okay uh keep going uh, stevie which is just quoting the next um, the ha, next verse
6: haizu uh,
1: b'nei b'nei okay so look at this sc- look at the screen first verse of the sixth chapter of jeremiah haizu ben yushalayim it does not mean gird yourself strengthen yourself but gather yourselves away from here Children of Benjamin, Mekareb Yishalayim, leave Jerusalem. Ubitkowa Tiku Shofar, blow the shofar in Tokoa is still exists. It's kind of south east of Jerusalem. The and this it's now in modern neighborhood in Jerusalem. Beit Hakerem, Seu Eight, send up a signal mitzafon uh, v'shever gadol, because a great disaster is coming up. So the haizu here has to do with taking refuge. So Rashi gives two. Versus to kind of prove his point, okay. Uh, Larry, is your hand up again or still? I just wanted to
2: mention that the verse from Isaiah happens to be the verse before a would we read on the eighth day of, of Pesach. I don't uh-huh. understand why, I don't understand why it's not included. I haven't looked it up, but. We don't read it as a, half, as a part of a Haftara, but it's just before.
1: Interesting. Okay. Uh, I had not ra- recognized that, so, so it's another Today I Learned. Uh, Joanna and then Renee.
0: So it's so interesting, the meanings that we're discussing for this root and the examples that have been brought, and that the commentators seem to be connecting it to the root um, Hafnun Sameh. I'm looking ahead to verse 20 and noticing like an unusual turn of phrase in verse 20, heinis et avadav, right? From the shorash nus to flee, mm-hmm. right? So a sense of causing to flee, which to me feels a little bit closer to what haez means mm. in this context. And it's just interesting to me that two of the three letters of the root are shared. And no one has picked up on trying to draw a parallel to what actually happens um, in verse 20.
1: You mean comparing Lahanis and and lahachnis?
0: No, that no one, because verse 19 seems to be like the direction of what should happen. And then verse 20, it actually happens. And in verse 20, we have the word heinis. Mm-hmm. So to me, like, it's just interesting that no one is connecting ha'ez to heinis because...
1: Right. Well, Unculus is connecting it implicitly because Onkelis translates heinis also at, as Knash. So Unculus, in the span of two verb- verses, translates the verb ha'ez as knosh, translates ye'asev as yit kanash and translates Hindi as kanash. So he's saying it's all the same word. Um, and just to a mild correction in verse 20, it ha- still hasn't happened yet. It's still part of Moses telling God, telling Moses to Pharaoh that if it doesn't happen, if, if it happens this way, this will happen, but we're not yet in action. We're still in, um, in the, in, in the prediction as far as I can understand. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, I saw Renee's hand, and then Barry, and then Marshall, and then Leonard, and then Joel.
3: I'm just, I just
6: am finding it interesting that we're reading about different definitions of A's and O's, and the connection to Nahalos. O's. Uh-huh.
1: Aha, yeah. Uh, Nahal O's, I believe, is from the version of uh, O's that means strength, right? Not of um, fleeing. The it's a uh, there. There are two kibbutzim in that area. There's Nahal O's okay. and near O's. Right. Nahal is a wadi, a valley, and near is a field.
4: Adjacent to.
1: Adjacent to Gaza.
4: No, no. Nahal is and it's near. Oh, it's oh. near. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well done. Well done. Uh, Barry, then Marshall. Near. <laughs> nice. So uh, combining these different
4: themes into the current context in Israel, Um Initially, spread up, spread out and uh, gather. The strength is together. Come in to come in, gather, uh, shelter together. Um, uh, uh, that's what's happening now, uh, and, and there's that strength. Now, when in the next phrase in twenty, uh, they're they're fleeing into the gather from being dispersed. Hurrying to be gathered in. That's where the strength is. Great, Marshall. Um, when
7: when Larry read the uh, translation of Alter, um, he stopped in the middle, and if you look at the text itself, there's it like an nachta there, but the way Alter translates it is quite interesting to me. Okay, and he says, "And now send, gather in your livestock and everything you have in the field." Period. And then he says, every man and the beast that will be in the field. So the word beast is behemoth. That will be in the field that are not taken indoors. But the hail shall come down on them and they shall die.
1: So what What about that you want to um, amplify? Well,
7: I thought that we we had the mikdicha, you know, which that's miknetzon and miknevachar. Mm. You know, the flocks of the field, mm. which are, I guess, cows and And sheep, and here in the second part of it, he's expanding it to say not only those, uh, but also beasts, behemoth. He's defining as beasts, Hmm. and also any any man who's left
1: outside are going to be wiped out, and by me too, and they will die. Hmm. Is anyone who's looking at English translation have have a punctuation that suggests? That there's an end quotation mark at the end of verse 19 and in verse 20, we're actually being described what happens, or that it's still part of the prediction? Yes, the,
5: the quotation marks end at, end at the end of 19 in JPS.
1: Right, right. Hmm. I wonder if that's the case uh, in Everett Fox. Uh, while I'm looking, what were you going to say, uh, Leonard? You're next.
5: Yeah. So the the if the word a's uh, means to shelter, then there's another related word to it that I think we're all familiar with, ma'oz, ma'oz tor.
1: Ma'oz It's the same when u ma'uzi. It's the same word. word. Ma'oz. Exactly right. Very good. Um,
4: Marshall.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I think I misspoke before when I when I was talking to um to Joanna that. Uh, this long introduction to the plague ends in verse 19, and by verse 20, you're right, that that's actually happening, or we're being told that it happened. We haven't actually read that verse yet, but when we get there, that's correct. Um, okay, uh, did I miss anyone? Joel? Yeah, I just want to talk about schlach. So um, a lot of the uh, translators are having difficulty with that because it's a, it's
6: a transitive verb. And so they're putting in a, an object, but if you look at the the trope, it looks like it's one th- it's not Vrata it's yeah, uh, so yeah. it's so it's it's connecting shalach and ha'ez, so it's like it's one action it's yeah. send your people
1: to shelter yes. yeah send yeah. in shelter, yeah, and I think you're right that every ever fox is aware that in order to make his version work, you have to add in a word, and the word he wants to add in is word um, and it might be more appropriate to translate that two verb phrase as a single action it's like it's like i don't know go and take this to joel right so i'm actually asking you to do one thing i'm just using two verbs to tell you to do it yeah good um okay rashi has one more thing on the verse stevie
6: Uh, okay so
1: it could more, more uncle's, <laughs> more uncle's, but, but he, there's something subtle going on here. The, the answer is clear. The question, the question is, what's the question? The answer <laughs> is, as uncle's translates this the same way he translated Ha'ez and the same way he's going to translate Hanese, it means together. The question Rashi ask, is asking is, what does the verb asaf mean? Because we know why Rashi was helping us understand what Ha'ez means, because it's an uncommon phrase. But why is he asking us to uh why does he think we need help here because think of what the root asaf normally means it means to um it, it means to um to gather together in a large group that's not what's being described here what's being described here is take each of your individual flocks and actually spread they're, they're already gathered in the field they you're actually being asked to spread them out and bring them into individual places of refuge, which is in some ways the opposite of Heya Seif. So Rashi says, I know you think that Asaf normally means to um, come together. One of the super commentaries says, normally Heya Seif is L'kabtsam Yachad, Kibbutz, to bring them all into one place. But here that's not what's happening. It's actually Hachnasah, bring them into individual places. And one of the super commentaries gives another biblical, like kind of does the work that um, Rashi normally does, but doesn't do explicitly here. And it's Deuteronomy chapter 22.2. Two, I want to put onto the screen. Where are you? Okay. Okay. So um, we're in Parshat ki and we're talking about uh, different obligations you have. So you're starting in verse one, If you see the ox or the um, or the goat uh, or sheep of, of one of your brethren and they're wandering, uh, do not turn away from them. You have to return then This is the basic obligation of you must return a lost object. It's not just a nice thing to do. It's a mitzvah. If your brother is not near to you and you don't know him that does not mean make a gathering of many of the animals. It's not an like you have a camp before Shacharit, right? It's put that one animal that you found into your house hold him, give him refuge until you can find his owner. So Rashi is saying it's a similar idea, but it's not the same idea. And Asaf can mean everybody gather together and Asaf to mean you go gather yourself into that spot and take refuge. It's the second one that it means here. We may not have needed Rashi to say that, but Rashi thought we did. Barry. No, I'm,
4: I'm just
1: Ah, okay. I agree with Rashi. Uh, Rick, Larry, and then uh, Stevie. Uh, you're
3: muted, uh, Rick. Hi. Hi. I wanted to highlight the verb shalach. Um, if you go back to um, 13, there's the the phrase we all know, shalach et send out my people. Then in 14, he says, this time I'm going to sholeach, I'm going to send my gevotai. And then in 15, now kiata shalach i'm sending out my hand and i think that's all of them and then here to 19 um the messages for a pharaoh to send so it's it's the repetition of shalach there there must be something going on there
1: yeah Buber would call that a lightwort right that if you re- read the the chapter through the word read the chapter through the word that keeps appearing. It almost suggests like a theme to the chapter. And that's a really interesting thing to point out that the root Shalach is used apparently at least four different times in the chapter um, in four different ways, right? God sending a plague and um, God extending God's hand and what God is telling Pharaoh to do to like send to bring in your flocks. And there was one more. So that's really uh, an interesting observation, right? And I wonder if Uber actually said something about that chapter. Uh, Larry, then Barry, and then Marshall. Oh, sorry, and then Rick, and then Stevie. Stevie's in there too.
2: I want to go back to the issue that Elon raised and that and you expressed as being, <clears throat> this is the first time that, that God is warning, the, is, is showing the people a way to mitigate the disaster. And I'm struck by the fact that it seems to me, now is it the first time, but what God's telling Moses to tell Pharaoh is this is an existential threat. This is an existential event. I'm going to show you how to avoid it. Mm. But if you and your beasts are outside, all of Egyptian society, civilization will be destroyed. I don't think that any of the previous seven seven. This is seven,
1: this is seven, I think.
2: Six. Any of the previous six um, plagues, makot, were um, existential threats. They were annoyances and conveniences, etc. And so, so are the next two. I think, unless you want to consider the um, arba, the locust, as being existential because it could destroy great famine and it could destroy society. Choshek, I'm not so sure about. But clearly, makot, um, the the, uh, the slaying of the firstborn, in a sense, would would be. And I'm just, I want to read just a little bit of what, of what Alter says, how we should take this. Um, he says, perhaps all of the report, oh, first of all, he, he's puzzled because the beasts were supposed to have been totally destroyed in, uh, in verse six,
1: he says. said. Right. You may have missed that class. We dealt with that, how Rashi says, sometimes coal means rove. Sometimes all means most. But right. Yes.
2: But so what, what Alter says is, Perhaps all the reports of general destruction are meant to be taken as hyperbole. Mm. In any case, it seems unwise to look for absolute logical consistency in this narrative. And I think he's talking about the entirety of the Esther Makot, um, which is chiefly <clears throat> focused on conveying a sense of grand cumulative catastrophe.
1: Yeah. What, Larry, what is it in this verse that makes you think that this is being described as more, Existentially catastrophic than the others Is it that God is saying If you don't do it this way It will be Existentially catastrophic but I'm Showing you how to make it just a terrible annoyance Is that is that what you're reading into
2: Right he's, he's saying I can Destroy you all hmm. if you don't Go inside I'm going to tell you to go inside But I could destroy you all I could take all of your lives of all of your Animals and of all of yeah. the human beings Got it and and the fact that I'm just showing you this power right now means that I could use it in the future.
1: Got it. I understand that better now. That's, it's, that's helpful and it's evocative of what we talked about in terms of why does the narrative have God tell Moses to tell Pharaoh that Pharaoh has some power for when a plague is going to end? Isn't it more powerful to just impose the beginning and the end of a plague upon him? And we talked about how if if I let you know that you can tell me when you want something removed and I remove it right then, then it actually shows that I'm powerful, not you, and I'm toying with you, right? So I'm giving you the plague and I'm giving you the remediation of the plague that that reinforces how much power I have and you lack.
2: And if I could just make one not quite explicitly political comment about it, this is a question of deterrence. Yeah, God is, in a sense, trying to motivate Egypt yeah. and the Pharaoh. I can do this to you, so yeah. let my people go. But Great. he doesn't. In the same way, the deterrence only works if the other side mentally is credibly believes that you will do it. But the other side actually wants to avoid the catastrophe that you want. Great. When the other side welcomes the catastrophe that you're threatening, that threat or that action is absolutely worthless.
1: Please don't make me make this existentially catastrophic. Other side says, ha- bring, bring it on. Right, and by the tenth plague, God does not give the Egyptians the remediation, just the plague itself. That that's a really helpful comment. Thank you, Larry. I forgot the order, but so we go, Stevie. There's a lot of people want to talk, right. and then we'll yeah. go around. So
6: uh, I have a somewhat different take on this, which is I remember there was an article maybe ten years ago or so that got some publicity that was about various corporations that had publicly. Denied climate change, or whose CEOs were adamantly denying climate change as a as a real phenomenon, that nevertheless had taken various economic steps mm. to prepare for it, <laughs> right? That were you know changing, that were investing in technologies to to that uh, whatever would or or you know uh uh anticipating that this was actually happening. So I it seems here it's like. Like yeah, you can oppose God all you want, but when I give you an opportunity yeah. to protect your assets, you're going to take it. Hedge your best. Right? Like you are you are you know, you might put on a good show, but as soon as as soon as I, you know, offer, you know, offer this to you, you're 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 not actually going to uh, you know, hold fast and endure. You're going to uh to admit that this is, you know, that this is a power that you can't stop. If you, um
1: if you looked into Pharaoh's stock portfolio, he would have diversified into assets that didn't rely on God not existing. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah.
6: And uh, the other thing I was going to say is, um, yeah, safe is right. Also used commonly as, <laughs> yeah, safe LMA when someone dies, yeah. that their bones are gathered up um, and here, <laughs> yeah, safe as being, you know, brought to protection as opposed to being brought to death, you know, brought
1: after death. Uh, I think it's evocative. but It's evocative and it's a perfect linguistic association because yeah, a safe El Amav means to be gathered in for eternal refuge, like, and not in a spiritual way, in a literal way. In fact, this is so timely on the trip to Israel we had last uh, week. Um, our tour guide for the trip was David Karen, who was my, uh, the director of Nativ when I was on it, who now, in his like, retirement is going back to his roots, which is just, just to be a tour guide. And he's an exceptional tour guide because he's such a tremendous historian. And whenever I go to Israel with David, I see things I've never seen before. So we were t- went to a place. I've been near it a hundred times. I'd never been there. If you can picture the ta- the Tachana Rishnah, the, the what, what they turned the old train station into at the bottom, at the edge of Emek Rafaim and King George Street, if you know the area. Um, and then there's like a little ramp road that goes downhill you pass the bagan center on the right and eventually you get to the the, the bridge that takes you to the cinematech right above the bagan center there's a little mini um not architectural what's the word when you're excavating thank you archaeological uh site and in that site they found um hewn into the stone the natural limestone of Jerusalem. Not Second Temple, First Temple burial plots, and they were designed in such a way that it's clear there was a, a place for the body to be placed when it died, and then each one had like a little niche attached to it, such that when the the, the decomposition had taken place and it was just bones, it could be ye asef el amav. The the bones would be gathered up and put in that niche where all the other bones of family members, and in the niche they found bones of several different people to so suggest that they were eventually all put in there once they were just bones. So that is exactly this use of Lehea Le- save. It's not to gather everyone together, but to take this one and put it in a place of small refuge. Same exact idea. Let's go around Leonard. I know Barry's hand was up Marshall. Go ahead, Leonard. <clears throat>
5: so um god or moses is giving the egyptians the option here of not staying out on the field and saving themselves but if you read on a couple more verses the hail is going to destroy all the grass and all the trees so okay they're not going to be killed by the hail they're just going to starve to death instead
1: yeah right and as larry pointed out before most we we should imagine that most of that stuff has been destroyed anyway by the um uh, what was it? Was it the, the 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 Arov? Right, was supposed to destroy everything. So there's not much left, um, but at least he, God is giving them the instructions for how not to have them lose their lives in this moment. Correct, uh, Barry. So just going back to the the, the
4: the the idea of gathering versus gathering inside the, the, the Beta. Um, being dispersed, animals, flocks, people it, it gather all inside. That's where the strength is, uh, not not just random gathering. And I'm I'm again applying that to our our current phenomenon, mm-hmm. and the the, the the that as a whole, you deem, to to gather ourselves inside. Great. Rick, your hand is up.
3: Yeah. um, I just wanted to add to along the lines of uh, Rove is different from coal. So we're talking about all the destruction. Um, I did read ahead. I'm sorry. But in 31 and 32, it tells the different grains, the different um, vegetation that some of them weren't all smitten (laughs) <laughs> okay, so uh, the wheat and the spelt weren't smitten, for they weren't grown up yet. So maybe the cows can eat that stuff after it's all done. Just saying.
1: Okay, we'll we'll say it again when we get there. Marshall. Um, going back
7: five minutes to Rick's focus on the word, on the Shoresh, Shin lamed, Chet. To me, it was interesting that if you look at the safari translation of Unculus, the
1: safari S- translation of Ungulos, okay? Right,
7: okay. Now into, send into Yiddish, right? Into Yiddish, right. Now send, and then in brackets, word. So now send word and gather shelter your livestock. Okay, and the word and the, right. in, the right. in the in the biblical text itself, the shin has a Shiva under it. Mm-hmm. In contrast, what Rick was referring to is shalachet ami, where you have two patachim in, in the word.
1: I'm not sure there are two patachim in the command form. Shalachet ami? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's always shalach. I forgot why. I don't think uh-huh. in imperative. No. It, it would be in pl shaleach, but I think in pa'al, I think it's shalach, like parshat shalach It's not parshat shalach
7: I'm pretty it's
3: sure Shalach sure. Abdu'ni. Sorry, yeah, it's is. Shalach, Rebbe. The end it's of uh, 13. The end of 13.
1: That's interesting. So I wonder what the Shva under Shalach means, because it's not turning it into PL. That would be Shalayach. So it's still a pa'al form. So I don't know what to do with the fact that it's been turned into a shva because it's, uh, if, if it can appear as shalach as imperative.
3: Can we look in the BDB?
1: Well, the BDB is not going to tell you what it, how it's written and pointed in each form. So um, I'm not sure how to resolve that, but I think that, Whether or not we add the word word to it, I think doesn't depend on the vowels. I think whether or not we add the word word to it is whether we think that shalach is part of the action of ha'ez, go and and gather in, or if it's about like making like a public call to go take this, that this is happening, like sound the alarm, in which case it's to... um, it's to send word, but I'm not sure that's dependent on the shva versus a patah. Interesting. Yes, Marshall?
7: Just one more comment. That Alter notes the word, that, but not necessarily in this context, that the word bayit and sadeh may refer to inside and outside.
1: Yes, mi bayit umichutz titzapenu from, the, from uh, Noah's Ark, that mi bayit can mean an internal thing.
6: Mm-hmm. And also from the tabernacle.
1: Yeah uh Stevie said also with the from the tabernacle All right, Barry, last comment that i want to go to the next verse
4: yeah uh it, it, marshall it's interesting where you're looking at in 13 is um uh, uh, shlok, uh, et shlach et, et i mean and the one we're looking at here is uh where i lost it is uh, what's shlok, uh you know uh, ha ha is. Is. Now that so th- they're 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 different uh, Now, now that
1: I think about it, the presence of the shva makes me think that anyone who wants to read shalach as being its own verb, as being and adding the word word, is reading it wrong. Wrong. What do we know? Because the reason why it's shalach not shalach lacha, is because the lacha is added onto it. So it's as if it's one word, and therefore the first syllable is shortened. So it's almost as if this is written as if there were a hyphen between schlach and haes, and it the verb is shlach ha'ez, like shlach lacha, as if it means you know you know send forth and gather. Um, there isn't a hyphen, and it's two trups. But that's what the schwa under the shin is uh, inviting me to think about, Leonard.
5: Uh, according to this book here, the shalach with the shwa is kal.
1: Kal or kal?
5: It's, you know, pa'al. Oh, kal, kuflamit, yeah. <laughs> it's also cool. <laughs> and
1: shalach is pl. Shalach is pl in the imperative, not shaleach?
2: That's correct.
1: I've learned a lot today i'm surprised by that i'm surprised that pl i mean certainly in modern hebrew i think it would be shaleach as the, as the as the imperative of the pl form but but i i, I trust that i trust that
5: and the other thing that i found interesting is that this is one of the very rare verbs that actually appears on all seven binyanim
1: oh yes um all right now since you got went there let's just see what um bdb says about this Um, Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I'll share the screen. So, Shalach send. um, Go away. I'm not seeing it. BDB does less work on how the different forms are pointed. So I'm not sure we're going to, yeah, I'm not sure we're going to get help on that. Okay, interesting. Okay, uh, if that, if what you said is correct, then the previous thing that I said holds less water, um, because that would mean that it's always imperative of shalach pa'al with a sheva underneath the shin. Um, let's add a verse, because we've been on this verse a long time. Uh, Rebecca, you want to read verse 21, uh, verse 20, excuse me?
0: yare et davara donai may of De paro haynis et avadav et miknehu el habatim he feared the word of god
1: try it as the, the one who the one
0: who okay the one who feared the word of god from the servants of Pharaoh uh, caused his servants and cattle and his cattle to flee Mm -hmm. into the houses.
1: Right. So it's interesting, the phrasing. So in addition to the content of the verse that the, the warning given in verse 19 was heeded by some, it's introducing a category of normal Egyptians who had Yirat Adonai right? Uh, this could be the beginning of the notion of the era of Rob, the people who were conscientious objectors to Pharaoh's, um, terror who heard the warnings and said, I'm choosing, I'm choosing this side, not that side. And I'm certainly choosing as Steve, Steve was saying before to hedge my bets, right. To, uh, if there's any way I can save my cattle and my servants during this time, I'm going to try to do it. Okay. The, if you, we already kind of, um, Anticipated this, the one word in the verse that Rashi is gonna say anything about is that word heinis that third root in three in two verses that basically means the same thing. It's the he feel of the verb lanus. Lanus means to flee, right? So le heinis, it's hard to do that in one verb in English because we'd have to turn it into to cause to flee. Can I think of a um a good one-word verb in English? The he feel of to flee. Not sure what, I'm not sure how I would render it, but that's the word that Rashi ca- to Scatter. Yeah, it's hard to know. Um, uh, Larry, do you want to say something before we read the Rashi?
2: I just want to comment that we often struggle, I often struggle with, with yore, with, with, a, with, with the, the, the verb that's often translated as to fear. You're supposed to fear God. And what we, we often fudge and say what well, means to revere, not actually to be fearful, to be, to be pachad. Correct. but in this case it actually works both ways nice so we can either interpret this to be those Egyptians who actually accepted Adonai as yeah. being the all-powerful God and revered him, did what Moses told him to, to told the Pharaoh to do, or we can say those who simply were afraid of him as yeah. being another superior power, divine being. So it works in both senses.
1: Very good. Yeah.
2: And Fox, Everett Fox that, also uses it as awe.
1: Yeah. Particularly with, um, at being multi purpose of direct object and with, right. The, the simplest way is high, the one who had awe for the word of God, meaning a believer, but, it, but, but, you could also, it's tempting to read Hayare, the one who was afraid at Dvar Adonai with, with, with this recent uh, pronouncement of God, they were actually afraid that they didn't do this, that they weren't going to, that they were going to have a worse fate. Yeah. Uh, Stevie and then Barry. Just the word
6: Devar makes me think that it's more likely fear than like reverence or something because it's not like the object of the fear isn't God, it's God's
1: Word, yeah, right, yeah. And uh, uncleus translates var as pit gamma, literally the thing that was said, right? So, suggesting fear regarding the content of what God had said, yeah, Barry. So, uh, 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 uh the previous was to,
4: to, to gather, uh, so here is not to flee, but I, I, I use the word swoop, they, they all swooped in. Who swooped in? Animals and people.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a causative verb. So it's someone doing something to someone else. So it's to so maybe the the one who had fear of God kind of sweep together all of their like sw- sweeping, swooping. Yeah. 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 So look at uh let's finish with the Rashi. Uh Rebecca.
0: Hey niece.
1: Okay, so the first thing he does, he trans, he, he uh, translates it from a word that he thinks is going to be more complicated to word less complicated. Hevriach is the he feel of the root barach. What does barach mean? To flee. So to cause to flee. That's already the language we were using in English. And then he gives us, as Rashi always does, a verse to compare it to. Lashon.
4: I don't have that.
3: You don't have that? Really?
6: Got it. yeah it's, i have it here but it's not on interesting
3: yes yeah, silverman only has Hebrew.
1: yeah so the next thing he says is Lashon vayanos uh it's the language of vayanos look back in chapter four verse three of Shmot so you all have what you get it this is the initial encounter by the uh burning bush and this has to do with um god showing some showing to moshe some of the tricks that is going to have in his back pocket to show God's power, right? This is, God said, cast down the rod to the ground. Moses cast it down. It became a snake. He fled in fear. He was taken aback, literally taken aback. So there, means to flee in fear. Rashi says here, anyone who was afraid... Of what would happen if he didn't do it, caused their animals and their servants to flee in fear. Right, same idea, so that they would be protected. Okay, Uh Larry, you get the last word.
2: Yeah, since you mentioned the uncle, so can you just tell us what sense did Achil is of? Is it is it awe or fear?
1: I mean, yes, in 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 the ancient language, they're sort of interchangeable. Um, um so the, the, the ambiguity remains i think so let's just let, let's just uh see how jastro translates that word and then we'll end uh one second okay so jastro and dachal um it's interesting it also means to worship and and to to shut to, to, to fear to be afraid of to shun to worship to revere it's okay. all of it right fearing and awe inspiring it's both which is an interesting thing and even up here dekhila, the, the noun form means fear and it means reverence so built into the ancient notion <laughs> the notion of the notion of fearing and reverence in the ancient world were one and the same right or or at least they were related to another um, all right, so we'll pick up next week in verse uh, 21, which Rashi is quiet about, but I have an interesting Ibn Ezra for you when we get there.
0: You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am, Los Angeles, Go to tbala.org.